nosy, curious, or just bored? Have you ever just started listening to other people's conversations? Do you ever just keep listening even though you aren't part of the conversation? If this describes you, then welcome to Topic Please. Hi, I'm Liz. I'm Aaron. And what is our topic today, Aaron? We have some strange deaths and interesting facts in history. That's good. Yeah, it's the time of year. Let's talk about those things. <laughs> do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, either way, I've got three things. All right. Well, you start know. off and tell me one of them. All right. Well, this first one, I'm calling it the unshatterable window. Okay. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. So there was a lawyer in, I believe it was in Canada, and he had a habit of uh, demonstrating how strong these windows were on the 24th floor in this building that he worked in. Why? I, I have no idea. Okay. But, so... He was demonstrating this to some law students that were in there with him. And to demonstrate this, he takes off running across the room and throws himself into this window. And he bounces off. Okay. No, but okay. And then he does it again. This time he doesn't bounce off. The window doesn't shatter, but it does come loose from the frame. And he it falls outward and he goes with it. And the uh, the firm that he worked for, this Gary Hoy, uh, the firm that Gary worked for, said he was one of the best and brightest attorneys that they had. And I'm I'm not sure why, since he <laughs> felt the need to throw himself into a window. Was this like I don't know if you looked into it or not, but like was this when unshattered or shatterproof or, or unshatter, whatever it's called, glass, was, like, first a thing, or... I don't know. I didn't, like, like, research it that deep. I just... I didn't know if you knew, like, what year it was or anything. I didn't put down what year it happened. All right. Well, either way, I don't think that I would throw myself at any window, especially not one that high in a building, so... I mean, I know it was, I don't know, sometime, like, this century, or... Within the last hundred years. Oh, there you have it. I grew up in the 90s, so this century to me is the <laughs> 1900s. Sorry. All right. Um, so, okay. I, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, I, he, he was the best and brightest. I guess you have to throw yourself into in- the window <laughs> to move up in a company. I thought he moved down. You just said he went out the window. Well, yeah, but I mean, he was talking <laughs> was to so law bad. students, so he had to be up there a little bit. And they yeah. looked at him like he was the best and brightest of their attorneys. So I guess you have to throw yourself at glass windows on the 24th floor to get people to look at you that way. Don't try that at home. Hello. All right. All right. Now that we know how to move up in a law firm and get to the top so that we can get to the bottom uh what what kind of stuff do you have for us um well do you like going to the circus not particularly it's okay did you like going when you were a kid i only went one time when i was a kid 
Oh my gosh. We had to go to the circus like all the time when I was a kid. And then when our kids were kids, I used to take them to the circus all the time. But I found this one. Um, and I feel like if, if our children had heard about this when they were younger, they probably never would have wanted to go to the circus again. Because um, in 1854, a 13-year-old uh, named William Schneider um, went to the circus. I'm not sure, I assume, with his family. Um, but, like, one of the clowns was swinging someone else around by their heels. So, like how, you know, when our kids are little... Um, we would like take them by the arms and, and swing them around like airplane or whatever. Right. Um, so I guess the clown was doing that with someone else, but he was holding them by the feet and swinging them around. And when he did that, um, he apparently hit this little boy in the, which artery, what's the artery in your neck? Um, the carotid artery. Yeah. In the carotid artery. No, sorry, a rupture of the left pulmonary artery. Oh. So hit him. Um, and the boy died from the circus clown. All righty then. Yes. So that was kind of sad. Not typically the death by clown that <laughs> you hear people about. With a fear of clowns yes. are thinking of. So, yeah, apparently in 1854. So I thought that was kind of interesting like i don't know i've like you hear death by clown and and you know pennywise or whatever people being scared was it john wayne gacy was it john wayne gacy that dressed up as i a think clown? so was a clown yeah um but like that's not what you normally hear about but yeah he swung another human being into this boy and it ended up killing him all right so that that was <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because it was like clowns. And then like that wasn't what I expected to read when I searched like clown deaths. I don't know why I searched clown deaths, but I was like, hey, why not? Really not sure what goes on in your mind. <laughs> Me either most of the time. <laughs> but I guess on, on that note, do you know what the fear of clowns is called? Clownophobia? No. Cholerophobia. Is it because clown costumes used to have collars? I have no idea why. Oh, well. <laughs> That's probably some Latin term. Like, I was thinking because old clown costumes and jester costumes and stuff, they had like those big collars. So maybe it was. I'm pretty sure claustrophobia, like that's not something to do with the closet. I feel like it is. It's a fear of small spaces. And that's exactly what a closet is, sir. It's not closetophobia. It's claustrophobia. Yes, because they had to make it flow more. That's not how those words came to be. I feel like it probably is. It probably has like Latin or Greek roots. It's probably rooted in the house. <laughs> um, what do you got then? We have a story about some guys that went out to do some target practice in, I believe, the Arizona desert. So these two roommates, David Grundman and... James Joseph Sichochi. It's not my week to put your words. Yay. <laughs> I'm guessing that's how you say that. I don't know. But they decided they wanted to go out in the desert and shoot some cactuses for target practice. And they're shooting them like these smaller ones and they're, you know, knocking them over. No big deal. 
So then David finds this 26 foot tall cactus and he starts shooting at the trunk of this cactus. And after shooting it several times, the cactus is weak enough that a four foot limb fell off of this cactus and crushed him. Dude, that is so not what I thought you were going to say. I thought like one of them was going to accidentally. So that's the killer cactus. <laughs> Nobody yelled timber so that he knew to run, I guess. Timber comes from trees. Um, A cactus is kind of a tree. But it's a cactus. But it's kind of a tree. You said it was a limb. But no, you find some of the odd, like that is, I don't even know what to say to that. He he was going out doing some target practice, and the cactus fell on him because he shot it too many times. So if I, you're going target practicing, don't shoot at the base, right? And stand far enough away. That's I what I got from that. And the type of cactus you may know what this means, but I I don't because I didn't grow up around cacti at all. You have a better chance of having. Done that than a saguaro saguaro cactus. My best guess is that those are the cactuses, like when you picture a cactus, like with the the, arms, the big arms coming up. Mm -hmm. That's that's my best guess on what that is. As far as the type of cactus, I wouldn't think it's like one of those little ones that you might have in your house. (laughs) If you do, I'm worried about what's going on in your house because oh and an interesting fact about saguaro cactuses cacti i like cactuses do you know how much they can weigh i'm going to say 160 pounds i'm gonna give you some options then okay because i apparently am wrong (laughs) 1000 pounds 5,000 pounds, 4 tons, or 8 tons? 1,000 pounds. A saguaro cactus can weigh up to 8 tons. Good golly. And apparently be at least 26 feet tall at approximately 100 years old. He shot a 100-year-old cacti, cactus. Apparently. That's so sad. They estimated that it was about 100 years old. Wow. It said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh at people dying. But on the other hand, I just think that was the cactus's revenge. Because it was like, listen, I made it this long, and then you shot me. Right? <laughs> like one of those old guys, get off my lawn. <laughs> right? Don't come around here. Like, he didn't need to sit out there with a shotgun, though. He's like, I'll just hit you with my arm. You'll be done. <laughs> For real? Eight, eight tons? That's what, 16,000 pounds? Right? Is that right? Yeah. 2,000 pounds is a ton? Wow. I, I mean... you. I mean, that would be the entire cactus. Well, yeah, but... but... I Like, this four-foot arm of a cactus that's that large, I would think it probably weighs quite a bit, too. It doesn't... Like the story I saw didn't say how much that arm weighed, but a four foot long arm, I'm 
thinking probably a good foot diameter or something. Probably, at least. Or so. close. That's crazy. I mean, that's got to weigh a bit. I mean, cacti have a lot of water inside of them, and water's pretty heavy. That's true. All I think of when I think of cacti, cactus and stuff are like Snoopy's cousin. Was it Spike? Spike. Yeah. <laughs> My world revolves around children's themed stuff and well, murder. It's kind of weird. I was thinking cacti make me think of our daughter. Well, Kayla, yeah. Because she enjoys cactus-themed stuff. That's true. But when I think about it, like being out there actually in the desert or whatever, I think of Spike, Snoopy's little cousin. All right. so, there you have it. All right. All right. You have anything else? How about death by biting your tongue? All right. So. Um, That's going to lead me into another story that I didn't write down, but I remember the gist of it. All right, so, well, that works we're out. We're going to go with that after this, All before right. my final one. Well, um, this one is about Alan Pinkerton. So he was the guy who... The Pinkertons. The, yeah, created um, the Pinkerton National Detective Agency. Uh, so he didn't actually die from the tongue bite, but he died because he fell and bit his tongue. And back then... In 1884, you know, medicine wasn't that good. And his tongue gangrened and he ended up dying from the infection in his tongue from biting his tongue when he fell. All right. Yeah. Gives me a whole new appreciation for when I bite my tongue because it hurts, but I've never had to, like, the thought has never crossed my mind that I might die from biting my tongue like i'm like oh let's put all sorts of stuff in there i have my tongue ring <laughs> I, I think i'm gonna start making a lot of people mad be like i guess i can't bite my tongue anymore <laughs> i'm just gonna tell it like it is but people ain't gonna like it <laughs> right whole new meaning to bite your tongue for real right but yeah i thought that was definitely a, a strange or interesting interesting way to have passed away i'm telling you one day when i die my hope is that i die in some completely abnormal way so right go down in history for something right falling out a window maybe i'll fall out of a window trying to prove that it's unbreakable and i'll bite my tongue on the way down better yet and then get hit by a cat <laughs> The better, Acme Company. But, but, but better yet, you, you could have the head that you cut off of one of your enemies, and that decapitated head could bite you. Maybe it could bite your tongue. I don't know why I would have my tongue in a decapitated head, but, you know, maybe. Maybe as you fell out the window. You it were, just went with me. I'm like, yeah. my head! And then you... Got bit by it and died on the way down. Hey. They're like, cause of death was not the fall from 24 stories up. It was being bitten by the decapitated head. <laughs> but I say that because of this other story. And this is pretty short in this article on Wikipedia that I just looked up because I couldn't remember all the facts. So I'm just going to read through this Wikipedia article real quick. All right. About... 
Good Lord on this pronunciation stuff today. <laughs> Sigurd? 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 S-I-G-A-R? S-I-G-U-R-D. Sigurd. Eistensen. I don't know. Or Sigurd, Sigurd the Mighty. So Mr. Mighty. Yeah. Okay, call him Mr. Mighty. Mr. Mighty was the second <laughs> Earl of Orkney, a title bequeathed to him by his brother, Rognvald. <laughs> R-O-G-N-V-A-L-D. Eistensen. Eistensen? I don't know. E-Y-S-T-E-I-N-S-S-O-N. Okay, so Mr. I, Mighty got his title from his brother. Right. Okay. Uh, a son of Eistine Glumra. Goodness gracious. Mr. Mighty was a leader in the Viking conquest of what is now northern Scotland. Ooh. His death was said to have been caused by the severed head of Mael Brigti, whom uh, Mr. Mighty defeated in battle. And a note on that that I read somewhere else was that uh, they had, I guess, kind of a gentleman's agreement to <clears throat> battle one another and only bring 40 men to this battle. But Mr. Mighty here decided he was going to bring 80 men instead. So they slaughtered the other guy and his whole crew because i mean it was a two-to-one thing but after he defeated him in battle he decapitated him and took his head as a trophy and he hung it on his saddle to take back home and one of the teeth of this guy who i think like his nickname was the bucktooth or something like he had kind of a bucktooth going on and one of the teeth grazed uh mr mighty's leg and it caused an infection and he died before he got back home see them bites so, are horrible i mean that that's kind of like you know karma <laughs> bit him in the butt <laughs> well it bit him in the leg i mean karma came back to bite him he didn't honor his gentleman's agreement to only bring 40. And the guy, even after he was dead, took him out. That's... I mean, it, it's kind of karma. Like, dude, you kind of deserved that a little bit. You were kind of a jerk. You, right? You, you should have been a man of your word. Yeah. Things might have gone a little bit better for you. That's... I don't even know. All right. So do you have anything else since that was kind of an unplanned story? Or should I go into the last one that I have? Um, well, I have like one more and then you could do your last one. And then I could tell you some other fun facts that I found. Oh, wait. Okay. I've been trying all day. I still can't. I don't think I can pronounce the name in my next one right either. <laughs> Yay. Today is your turn to not pronounce. I'm so excited. It's not hey, me. Hey. I, I was able to pronounce Gary Howe, or Gary Hoy. Really? From the first story. Really? You were you were able to pronounce that? <laughs> the first time. <laughs> That's I can true. pronounce Good job. Gary Hoy. Oh, there you go. Just not Suchochi and all these other ones. Well, mine 
Um, I picked ones from a long time ago. Well, not really a long time ago because it's been like this one. The Viking five hundred years ago, Scotland. You know that that was like yesterday, right? I'm just saying, like <laughs> I picked ones somewhat recently in history within the last couple hundred years. This one is from five hundred two years ago. All right. So in 1518, you were a teenager then, right? Uh, <laughs> almost. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Strasbourg, France. If I disappear, come to my house and look in the freezer. Listen, I might get a new one soon. It might be bigger. Keep that in mind, sir. Um, Frau Trophy. God dang it. I'm not saying it. Cut this out. <laughs> Don't leave it in. Don't leave it in. Okay. So anyway, the point of this is in 1518. Wait, no, I, I had to try to pronounce <laughs> this name, these names. In 1518 in Strasbourg, France, which I probably didn't say that correctly either. So it's okay. Um, Frau Trophea started dancing and they don't know... Like, I guess, from what I was able to read and find out and stuff, no one really knows exactly what started the just unexplained kind of... You hear the songs, dancing in the street, you know? Uh, So this actually happened, but I guess when it started, like, she went out and was dancing in the streets, and then uh, some other people joined her, and then more people joined her, and I think... I think I've heard about this. Yeah, it started in July, and then I guess by August, there was like 400 people dancing, but and then people were dying from this dan- dancing plague, as it was called, because yeah. they weren't sleeping. Like, they were literally just dancing and continued to keep dancing they weren't stopping to rest or eat or drink or do anything and so people were dropping dropping dead what i read was um i guess there was an average of 15 people a day collapsing from heart attacks strokes and exhaustion like when it was at its biggest part but yeah in two or 502 years ago people were dancing themselves to death literally all right. So I feel like maybe they were the first ones to uh, get a hold of some ecstasy. I don't know. Um, it was I, like some kind of naturally occurring thing. And um, Well, I read, I found this one I went ahead and like kept. So there's this article in Bustle um, from Bustle.com. But it said it's possible, for example, that Catholic superstition surrounding St. Vitus, who was said to be able to curse people with a dancing plague, combined with conditions of disease and famine, may have put the people of Strasbourg under so much stress that it prompted an instance of mass hysteria. Or it could have been the result of ergot poisoning, which we also now believe was responsible for the Salem witch trials. I found that, like... That was kind of interesting because those were so spread apart as far as distance and all that and time. But yeah, but dancing, literally dancing yourself to death. And I could see it being kind of either way, the poisoning, kind of like some kind of hallucinogenic or 
something like ecstasy that is like this big party drug because it makes people enjoy doing these things or whatever. Or just, I don't know. I, I almost feel like that seems more likely to me than a mass group nervous breakdown. Right? Like, I'm sure if I, I started see a doing few something people like having that, a nervous breakdown, but I, I mean, I, it would take some serious stress to, for that to happen. But I mean, I guess along with, you know, a disease going through the community, it could make it a lot worse. Yeah. And so. the disease itself may have been able to cause hallucinations and strange feelings of euphoria and whatnot. Or maybe the, just the belief that like maybe you had both. to keep moving. I don't know. Maybe but it's both. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And I thought it was interesting that like some of the theories behind it or whatever kind of tie to the Salem witch trials as well. I think in the future, a drug dealer gets a hold of a time machine and he goes back to them oh. and he slips them all some ecstasy. Right. Cause that's the kind of thing a drug dealer would want to go do. I'm going to go really mess with some people in history, <laughs> man. I think that would be good. I would like, I'm, I'm going to go back to ancient Greece and they're going to think that there's these gods up on a mountain and the, you know, they're, like eating each other and throwing lightning bolts and everything. It's going to be so messed up. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what happened. I mean, a drug dealer went back through time and they found started handing out crazy drugs. It's possible. Nobody would remember that a, a time traveler came. Maybe that was the first sighting of aliens. Maybe that time traveler was Kronos. Ooh. Like, that's why they were like, well, there's this god of time. Maybe. See? They just thought this time traveler was this god of time. (laughs) See, it makes perfect sense. Love it. Goes perfectly. All right. So what's your last story for me? All right. My last story is another lawyer back in, I believe it was in the 1800s in Ohio. A, an attorney named Clement Vallandigham, V-A-L-L-A-N-D-I-G-H-A-M, Vallandigham. Okay. That's the best I got. I'm not even trying. Go ahead. I'm just going to call him Clement. Okay. Because that was his first name. (laughs) On a first name basis now, are you? (laughs) So he was the attorney. Uh, And it starts out this. A guy got shot during a bar fight and he had bad blood with one of the other guys that was in the bar fight. Like, I mean, they didn't like each other. So this other guy, you know, got accused of shooting him. And, uh, the guy that got accused hired Clement to represent him. And while the defense attorneys were all in the hotel or in whatever it was at the time, kind of discussing how they were going to go about the defense, uh, getting their strategy together. Clement had two guns laid out on the table. One was the empty gun from uh, the crime or from the bar fight that they had found. And the other one was his. He was comparing them and he had gone out shooting to kind of do some of his own, I guess, CSI Ohio stuff and kind of, 
Look at gunpowder residue and everything after the gun gets shot. Okay. Just to be able to compare things. Then he's going to, um, he decides he's going to demonstrate to these other defense attorneys on the team, you know, what he's going to do to like present this to the jury. Another way that the guy that died could have died. Okay. So like an alternative. Right. I mean, nobody knew for sure what happened, but they were like, well, this guy got shot. This other guy didn't like him. So it was their defense for reasonable doubt or whatever. Okay. Right. But so he picks up one of the guns, the gun that he thought was not loaded and he puts it, you know, inside his coat pocket and then he lays down on the ground to demonstrate how this happened. And he starts to rise up. And when he's rising up, he goes to pull the gun out of his pocket. And when he does, it catches on the material of his coat and shoots him in his abdomen. Oh, my God. And he died before he could uh, appear in court again to demonstrate this to the jury. But that did, however, give the jury you know, that reasonable doubt. And So the other defense attorneys went in and, and said, we think it could have happened this way and we have proof. <laughs> yeah. And the, the guy on trial was, uh, he wasn't convicted. He was found not guilty. Because of this, I mean, even though the lawyer died, like what he did, did in fact, you know, do what his job should have. But wow, that's it's a whole new spin on give it your all, right? And then one story, I didn't look too deep into it, but I was reading a story that one of or there was an attorney trying to demonstrate how Clement died and also died doing the same thing. I'm not positive about that. I feel like that has to be made up because who would? I don't know. But like, why would you have another gun with live ammo in it? Trying to, I mean, I get we replicate studies and all of this in the scientific community to try to prove or disprove theories. But you would think you would control your setting a little bit better than to have, I don't know, a bullet in the gun right. when trying to redo that again. So, But in that story that was talking about that said that the guy that was on trial originally ended up getting shot himself a couple years later. Like he didn't shoot himself, but he got shot a few years later. And died. Yeah, just the the defense attorney trying to prove that his client was innocent ends up shooting himself and killing himself, but in the process does prove that his client could very well be innocent. Well, there you have it. So that that was all I had. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stories. There was even one about this guy that had this like super long beard. I saw that one. It was like over six foot long. Yeah, and he ended up tripping on it, falling, yeah. hitting his head and, and dying. And they have this beard in a museum somewhere. Yes, I read that one, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that one. I was like, that's crazy. And then all of the unknowns around for sure how Rasputin died. Mm. And there's just so many crazy stories out there about how people have died or 
I guess in the case of Rasputin, how many times he's lived <laughs> through assassination attempts. Well, there you have it. But I mean, at least, you know, through part of history, it kind of depended on who was, you know, keeping track of what was happening, who wrote it down and how they told the story. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what any of our history is. It depends on who's telling the story as to what you hear, even in our children's history books. It just kind of depends on who's telling the story, what you're hearing. That's true. All right. So it made me think of one more. So I will say this just for you because you're always like, I ain't eating vegetables. Vegetables will kill you. Just like you tell me water to kill me. I never seen anybody drown in Dr. Pepper, whatever. So there was this one in 1974. So it's like fairly recently. Um, this is on that bustle.com again. But in 1974, a man, a man named Basil Brown, who was super into health food. So this gentleman apparently died by a carrot juice addiction. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> it's another one of the things that I came across. I was like, all righty then. Yeah. So apparently he had taken 70 million units of vitamin A in the space of 10 days um, and during that, he also drank approximately one gallon of carrot juice per day. And so, like, his skin turned bright yellow and all of that from all of the, the carrots. And his liver was shot. So, he ended up... Was it shot because of drinking all of that and taking the vitamins? Or was it just bad anyway? I don't or- know. So, um, it says brown... Wrote the Times, Dr. David Haler, the pathologist who performed an autopsy, said that the effect of the enormous intake of vitamin A from carrots and and tablets was indistinguishable from alcoholic poisoning. It produced the same results, he said, cirrhosis of the liver. Vitamin A, just so you know, apparently is toxic to the liver if taken in large quantities. So. All right. You apparently can eat too many carrots. There you have it. So, you talk. You saying the the drowning thing reminded me of one of other that I want to say real quick. I go for it. I'm up. <laughs> this is a conversation I like. It's kind of my alley. I'm like, hey, <laughs> like normally I'm like, who did it? But sometimes it's just interesting. To hear, right? How did that happen? I mean, like this one. We're not big beer drinkers, but there are a lot of people out there that really like their beer. That's true. And apparently, back in October seventeenth, eighteen fourteen, eight people drowned in beer. During what is known as the London Beer Flood. One of the big uh, barrels that was at this brewery, uh, something malfunctioned on it and it burst and like the streets flooded with beer. That 
gotta be like a huge barrel. Like I think of barrel, I think of like the little keggers or something. Like well, it destroyed several large barrels. This says oh. between one hundred and twenty-eight thousand and three hundred and twenty-three thousand imperial gallons. Holy cannoli! Which is about five hundred and eighty thousand to one and a half million I or L liters. Liters, I guess. So. Or 154 to 388,000 U.S. gallons of beer were released in total. 154? Is that what you said? Gallons? Um, 154,000 to oh, 388,000 U.S. Dude. gallons of beer. I'm just saying, I feel I mean, like I, that's bigger I than a that, swimming pool, like those above ground swimming pools that you can have or whatever. Like, I imagine that in like gallons of milk. Could right? you imagine 154,000 gallons of milk sitting anywhere? Like that's that's crazy. Insane. Did they get like were they too drunk to swim or <laughs> did I, they get like swept away by like I don't even know. I don't know. Like what I'm reading right now doesn't say definitively that like they had drowned. But I had heard somewhere that it was drowning. I mean, I guess the wave could have like knocked people over and into stuff and caused their deaths that way. Hey, I'm telling you, waves are horrible. They can break your arm even in the ocean. So still being, I mean, being killed by beer. Yeah, it says <laughs> eight people were killed. Five of them were mourners at the wake being held by an Irish family <gasps> for a two-year-old boy. Oh. The coroner's inquest returned a verdict that the eight had lost their lives casually, accidentally, and by misfortune. The brewery was nearly bankrupted by the event. It avoided collapse after a rebate from HM Excise on the lost beer. The brewing industry gradually stopped using large wooden vats after the incident. The brewery moved in 1921, and the Dominion Theater is now where the brewery used to be. Uh, Moe and Company, M-E-U-X. All right. And Company went into liquidation in 1961. Oh, wow. So it was around for a long time after that happened. Right. They lasted a little bit. Oh, there's even names and ages of the people, the, the eight that died. Tell me none of them. I mean, because obviously the one group was at a funeral for a two-year-old. But tell me none of them were children that died in the beer sweep. You have Eleanor Cooper, who was age 14. Oh, man. Mary Mulvey, age 30. Thomas Murray, age 3. Mary (sighs) Mulvey's son. Hannah Bamfield. She was four years and four months. Sarah Bates was three years and five months. Anne Seville was 60. Elizabeth Smith was 27. And Catherine Butler was 65. Wow. That's horrible. I mean, and and accidents have happened throughout history and stuff like that. But that's sad. I guess there was like a lawsuit and stuff. That's why there was the coroner's inquest and everything. But the jury found with. Like what the coroner had said that, you know, it, it was an accident. You know, there wasn't any kind of intent. Like somebody didn't go break the barrels in order to murder people. Yeah. 
But did they do it to try? Well, no, I guess that was before prohibition or whatever here. So I don't know. I don't know when prohibition happened in other countries or if it even happened in other countries because I'm kind of naive when it comes to that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it beats me. Well, I'm going to end on a lighter note. I'm going to say, I think that's all I have for sure this time, unless <laughs> you jog my memory on anything else. Well, I doubt I will, because you don't really like cats anyway, but I'm going to end on a cat. Cats note. are evil demon creatures. <laughs> well, that's Nobody so should have a cat living in their house ever, period, because they are evil demon creatures. That is so funny that you say that. Um, because, so, like earlier I talked about... I didn't really talk about, but I, I had mentioned the Salem witch trials, you know, and people tend to have this belief that witches have black cats. Witches have cats. (laughs) When you see the villain in some of these movies, if they have an animal with them, it's a cat, like Dr. Evil's little hairless thing (laughs) on Inspector Gadget, like the claw, Mr. Claw, whatever the heck his name was. He had a cat. I mean, these villains have these cats that they sit there and pet. In Pokemon, Team Rocket <laughs> had Meowth. <laughs> that was like their pet. Or Persian that Giovanni had. It's like, cats are evil. Okay. Well, inter- that's the proof right there. Well, cats interesting enough, then I think that this article is just for you. So, uh, Pope Gregory the Fourth was 13th century Pope. And apparently, he did not like cats, and especially did not like black cats, which is probably where this thing that witches have cats came from, because apparently he said that black cats were instruments of Satan and ordered that they be exterminated throughout Europe, and his followers followed the orders and decimated the population of felines. That's my kind of guy. (laughs) Well, you know how, like, earlier you were like, hey... But the lawyer proved for his clients. So he did this. Or karma came back to <laughs> bite the guy in the leg. Stuff like that. Right. So the same kind of thing happened from them getting rid of the cats. Uh, so as the cats reduced in population because they were dying and stuff, there it led to a spike in plague-carrying rats. All right. Yep. So... They killed all the cats that were getting rid of the mice and, and all that stuff. And then all the rats started carrying plagues and like their population greatly increased because there there was no control for the cats killing them anymore. So. Okay, but you don't need cats to take care of the rats. You can get rid of the cats and then get a hold of the Pied Piper. The Pied Piper will lead the rats into the water so that they can be drowned. Won't be a problem. Well, apparently just make the Pope sure- didn't know that. Just, just make sure you pay the Pied Piper or he's going to take your kids. Oh. Like all the children. Well, you know. I and mean, if you don't pay him, then maybe you're the, in trouble. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. The Pope didn't want to pay. I don't know. But yes, he declared war on black cats because he didn't like them. All right. And said that they were of Satan. So I, I think he was correct. <laughs> I figured you would like that one because... <laughs> I was actually looking at like why why is black cats or why are black cats the the symbol or whatever that people Associate recognize with yeah. bad luck or witches yeah um, but so I found it was interesting when I came across that so I was like hmm, that's an article you'll like or a little tidbit of history that you'll like whatever you want to call it right 
So, anything else? I don't have any more stories or anything. All right. I found one more, but I'm not really going into it because the title of it said that women were once made to wear muzzles. All righty then. And I feel like that. I don't understand why they were made to wear muzzles. Were they afraid women were going to bite? No, talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, so they like. Yeah. Basically gagged them. Pretty much. So, okay. So I'll tell you. And then I'll tell you a little thing from when I was a kid that I was like, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. So apparently in the UK in the 17th century, um, women who were viewed as having like talked when they shouldn't have talked or said something that shouldn't have been said by a woman or whatever, um, had to wear pretty much a metal muzzle. So it locked around her head and sometimes included a spike plate that would be placed in her mouth to like stop her from talking Uh, as a punishment. It kind of makes me think of the man in the iron mask. Like that's the, what I'm picturing. Which is, and I don't know. People wonder why. I, I don't know. Some things from history just annoy me and piss me the heck off. Um, that might have been a bleep word. I don't know. But it makes me really angry. Uh, but, like, I was reading that. And I could so see it. Because when I was younger, I love Lucy. Like, I'm right. pretty sure everybody know, know. Everybody should know who Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were. At least Lucille Ball. Because she's amazing. I don't, on that note, like, real quick, I want to interrupt. Okay. Just because uh, Justin and I were listening to uh, the Red School Bus podcast. And... James was asking his daughter some questions, like who her favorite uh, famous person was. And I, I like kept pausing it and asking Justin what he thought, you know, she was going to say, and Justin thought she was going to say Ariana Grande. <laughs> but then she said, Lucille Ball. See, everybody should know who Lu- and, Lucille Ball is. Like, she's, I think, I think she was 15 at the time of yeah, that episode. And say the episode of that story show that I but, just listened to, uh, um, she had just turned 16. So, well, yeah, that's right. interesting. But so anyways, I so I used to like my mom loved watching the show and I would watch I Love Lucy with her all the time. Lucy, you have some explaining to do. Yeah. Uh, but I remember really vividly in one of the episodes, like he, Desi Arnaz, um, well, Ricky. Right, Ricky? Yeah. Yeah, in the show. Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. But he bent Lucy over his lap and was spanking her. And as a kid, I was, like, mortified. I was like, why is that? And so, as a kid, like, I had... I was a nerd. I liked the library. I liked research. I like all these things. Uh, So this was a long time ago that I found the information. But it was legal. It was legal to punish your wife if she did not behave the way you wanted her to behave. That is the stupidest thing I've... Obviously not the stupidest thing because I just read that they used to muzzle women. But like... And that was less than 100 years ago. Right. I'm, and so that's like recent history. So we're talking about like strange deaths in history and all these things. But these are things that like, who does that? And how is that okay? Like, right. absolutely. I don't know. And we didn't things grow up in that time. So I mean, we have a much different mentality about it. But it's just it 
It doesn't make sense to me. Well, I know that my grandma was in her late 90s when she passed away a couple years ago. And she was her own little trendsetter anyway. But she never put up with it. She divorced the men who treated her badly. Even way back in... Because my grandma was born in 1922, I believe. Maybe 1920. I think it was 1922. But she... She divorced them when they got and she just moved on and stuff and i'm like i'm like my grandma was amazing and awesome and like she was she would tell me the stories like i would ask her about stuff and she's like that is not okay <laughs> so like she grew up in that time frame but and i get that but also but, mm-mm. i mean she she was one of those kiwi women right she was from new zealand yes that is a true statement yeah so i mean i don't know I mean, like how things were looked at in New Zealand compared to the way they were looked at in the U.S. I don't know. As far as kind of that mentality. But I mean, I don't know. The U.S. has pretty much always been full of a bunch of or run by chauvinistic white men. That is so true. I'm so glad things are changing. It's sad that they've changed so slowly, but. I mean, I feel like there's people that. You know, weren't around to see Obama become president, but I, if they had still been, they might have died of heart attack. And like, that's and I mean, true. I don't doubt for a minute that I mean, I'm sure there were people that were like, "There's no way that you know that's going to happen," and everything. We need an old white guy in office. That's I mean, true. People don't want to accept that change. okay this is it's from history so it's like just tidbits of information and talking about old white people being in charge and everything else i know that there was there was a maybe a statement made about a nobel prize nomination or something that an individual might have felt that they should have had more attention paid to them for so uh i just wanted to point out that nominated hitler mussolini and stalin were all also nominated for Nobel Peace Prizes. Right. Where Obama won <laughs> a Nobel Prize. Yeah. That was more than a nomination. That's why President Obama got more attention over it. Than because some other people, because he it just won takes, it. You know, a, a few people to nominate somebody, but it, it takes their panel, you know, to actually award yeah this award so but i i thought that was kind of interesting and went with that chauvinistic old white people right all right but since we started on strange deaths and i'm just like hey other tidbits of information because i was like man i'm finding so much things that are so interesting cool and irritating that i just wanted to talk to you about them and we don't ever get to talk outside of doing this so i i just hope that we don't end up becoming part of somebody else's stories later on by, oh, well, this one guy was doing okay, and then he got bored literally to death listening to Topic Please. <laughs> hey, at least we'll be able to, <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> but um, I do want to ask anybody listening, you know, go to uh, your podcast provider and leave us a review and a rating. We do have one 
And only one. I guess we have four ratings, but only one review. Are any of the ratings more than one star? We have a five-star rating. Must be a kid. It looks like they're all five stars. We don't have any below five stars. Are you rating us? <laughs> no, I don't know. All right. What's our review? Who all the ratings are from. But the review is from Mike Zeroni. Oh, thanks. You remember where he's from? Noodlespodcast.com. Noodlespodcast.com. <laughs> okay, he's from the, Noodles. Uh, the Noodles at Noon podcast. Uh, he comment or he gave us a review. It says, fun show. Liz and Aaron take a topic each month and go on to have a funny conversation about it. Where actually we kind of went back on that and we're just doing different topics each week. But Only because it's been a little stressful and hectic with the end of a semester and all of that going on right now. And we, I mean, we were still kind of finding our groove and this seems to just work well for us. That's true. Because I don't have the ability to think about and, the same thing for very long. Well, like the, <laughs> there were two of our episodes, we mentioned superhero stuff two episodes in a row. Like what superpowers would you like to have? And then useless superpowers. And some of the feedback that I got just like on Facebook from other people, you know, they mentioned, you know, like, you, know, you Kind of did superhero stuff two times in a row. Like maybe we should do other things two times in a row or don't do that because like, we didn't like it. You know, don't kind of, you know, if you're going to oh. do multiples, spread it out. So, I mean, well, it, that works it, for me because I'm not good at staying on one topic very long. It works well. But <laughs> anyway, this review from Mike Zeroni at the Noodles at Noon podcast says, Liz and Aaron take a topic each month and go on to have a funny conversation about it. The show is really enjoyable, and these two have a great husband and wife connection. Love laughing along with the discussions each week. And thank, thank you, you, Michael, for, or Mike Zeroni, for the review. Thank you very much. I like it. And uh, if you guys are listening to this and you like what we do, I think you guys would also enjoy uh, the Noodles at Noon podcast. I've been listening to it. I enjoy it. I, I know, kind of just get together, have some random conversations, and they each come up with some kind of quiz type game that they play. It's pretty fun. Uh, kind of play along. I feel like one I day I'm going to make you quiz, take a quiz on me. He says we have a really good relationship, but I wonder if that's because we don't really pay that much attention to each other. <laughs> he says these two have a great husband and wife connection. Oh, there you go. That makes and, way more sense. And I think that's because even <laughs> though you could stump me asking me questions about you, we, we, we still survive through it. So far, I did say I was uh, thinking about investing in a bigger freezer, sir. <laughs> right. But anyway, yeah, if anybody listening to this could go leave us a rating and a review, it really helps out the show, kind of helps you get bumped up in uh, results, get shown a little bit so that other people can discover the show. And... It's just something good to do for any of those things that you enjoy, like uh, podcasts or even products and stuff. If you know it's a really good product, leave them a review because those things help people. That's true. I'm one of those people. Uh, here's a morbid tidbit for you guys. Oh, when our mother passed away, <laughs> listen, her, it's true. Her mother, when, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify, my my mom was on the show and she's still with us. That's true. In our living room right now. Um, as of right now. Anyway, when my mom passed away, right? Like 
It was the first time that I really ever had to do that adult thing of figuring out how to do stuff. And so uh, Charlie and I were trying to figure out all the things we needed to do. And so we went online to find like funeral homes and, and things like that and looked for make all of those final and, arrangements and everything. And I, I leave reviews for everything. If somebody asks me to leave a review, I'll be like, sure, I'll go review you because if I liked you, I will tell people that. And if I didn't, I'll tell them that. And I'm that person. Well, you right. know, I give like real feedback <laughs> to people. Don't and- ever ask me to fill out a survey if you don't really want to know what things can be improved. Um, but so the funeral home had asked if we would give them a review. And I, that took me so long to compose that review. Right. <laughs> but I feel like it's important because when I was going through that and I needed to know what to do and wasn't sure, like I went online and I looked and I was like, well, this says that these people are helpful. So, I mean, review those places. Doesn't right. matter if it's a business, a podcast you like. I'm just giving you, if you can tell, you said I do infomercial thingies. That's just my, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. If you like something, rate and review it. If you don't like something, rate and review it and tell them why. Like, give specifics. Right. What could be different? Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, if there's something that you don't care for about our show, let us know. We may not change, but you can let us know. <laughs> Or if you're like, hey, I think it might be better if you guys do this or something. I mean, as like teachers and just, I don't know, people that are not afraid to learn. And we understand that you know, un- until the day we die, we are able to learn things. I mean, if I mean, somebody tells us something, I mean, we can look at that and we can take that as constructive criticism. You're not going to hurt our feelings. You're not going to send us off crying. You might send me off crying, but I'll get over it quickly. But I you just let us know it. You, we just want you to get in there, give us a rating, give us a review, whether it's good or bad, preferably good. But like we said, if, if there is something that's not that great, let us know so that we can fix it. All right. Now that we've done the, the begging and pleading and weird stuff, I hope you all have a great week and enjoy your holidays and till next time. All right. I. I don't know this is going to be a pretty long episode because I mean, I, I don't think a whole lot's going to get cut from this. So sorry, guys. <laughs> cut it all. Just put in the intro and outro and we'll, we'll publish that the beginning and the end. Call it good. Sounds good to me. All right. Have a great week. Have a great Christmas. Uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you might be celebrating this upcoming week before you hear from us again. Boxing Day. Boxing Day, and I I don't have a calendar. I don't know what all holidays are going on right now or this next week. Yeah, I don't so, either, which is why I left that out. But well, good for you for acknowledging it all. There's lots of them. I'm sure I missed something. <laughs> and Saturnalia, if that's you know your thing, you know, have a happy one of those too. Thanks for eavesdropping. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about or give us feedback, you can go to topicplease.com to find our social media links, contact form, how to subscribe on your preferred podcast player. You can also find links to our past episodes. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share us with other eavesdroppers you know. (laughs) 